Hello and welcome to the If We Knew Then podcast. I'm Stephen Sox. And I'm Lori Sox. And today we're lucky to have Nick Novicki on the podcast. We met Nick about seven years ago through a film challenge that we entered called the Disability Film Challenge, now the Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge. So the Disability Film Challenge, when we first came across it, it was an email through the Screen Actors Guild, and it was about this film challenge over the weekend that you do, and it's a little period of time that you have to create whatever film to tell your story, and they give you all the details, right? So it's a great challenge. As an artist, it's a great challenge, and on the other hand, it was a great challenge for me as the mother of a son with Down syndrome who I didn't necessarily have a voice. I didn't feel like I had my voice. I didn't feel like I had found my voice, and there was a lot of things that I was experiencing. And this first film challenge allowed me to tell a portion of my story. And when it was done, the weekend was challenging as an artist because you're under a time constraint. But when it was done, I had told a little bit of my story. And that was a gift because as a parent, I think our stories and our children's stories and our loved one's stories, I think they're very important. And that's what's so brilliant about this disability film challenge is because as an artist, you get to push forward inclusion and and inclusion is something that all of our children need, that we all need. It's become such a huge part of our advocacy. And so we knew it was a good a good idea to have Nick on. So listen to how Nick created this disability film challenge, what inclusion has meant to him in his life, and uh, we hope you enjoy it. Nick Novicki, it is wonderful to have you on the If We Knew Then podcast. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Nick, it's great having you here. We've known you for a few years now. Uh, Originally met you at the time. It was the Disability Film Challenge, now the Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge, and that's brought us so much joy in our life and you have too as an individual and we're really just lucky to have you on the podcast today will you start by telling us a little bit about yourself sure well first of all thank you so much for those nice words and you really have been a part of the film challenge since the beginning i think you started maybe year two but every year we look forward to seeing great films from you um in your whole family I've seen Liam, your son, really grow up on film. <laughs> so it's really interesting to see every year my wife and some of the film challenge judges that have been judges for all seven years actually comment about uh, how, how amazing your films are, but also about the growth of your children, which is pretty interesting. So uh, a little bit of background about me. Uh, this is a podcast and no one can see. I'm a little person. I'm three foot ten and I'm an actor. I'm a comedian. I'm a producer. I started really early on in my career, creating my own content, writing, shooting, producing, directing, creating my own short films, web series, independent films, uh, and work leads to work. So ultimately, by me creating my own content, that's led to a lot of opportunities. 
And about seven and a half years ago, I looked around. I was like, why aren't more people with disabilities creating their own work, uh, writing, producing, making themselves uh, unstoppable, basically? So I created the Disability Film Challenge, which is a weekend film competition where over the course of a weekend, participants write, shoot, edit, and submit three to five minute films that have somebody with a disability in front of or behind the camera. I've been so honored that you guys have participated. You've been winners, finalists, participants year after year with great films. And really, I I feel a connection to you and to so many other Film Challenge participants that really, in some senses, it feels like we're a family. We do screenings, events, workshops all year round. And I'm really just excited to see the growth of the challenge and all the filmmakers. And I got to give a very special props to Easter Sales Southern California. You mentioned being a part of the Disability Film Challenge before I partnered with Easter Seals Southern California. Now, Easter Seals is nation's largest disability services organization. And partnering with them really took it to the next level. And to date, we have hundreds of films that have been created. And I'm just so honored that we've been able to be there to create opportunities for people with disabilities in front of and behind the camera. And I can't thank you guys enough. You know, I, as I said, I, I feel a, a connection beyond the film challenge to you and your family. Well, it's a wonderful community. I mean, we've really fall, fall in love with you and your wife and, and the entire community that you, you led us into. And that's why we wanted to have you on the podcast, because what I and I think we get the most out of the film challenge is just the subject and idea of inclusion. And that's such a huge word that we use in advocacy. Tell us about inclusion and, and how the film challenge addresses it. Sure. Well, so with the film challenge, similar to in my career, I've gotten a lot of opportunities by creating my own work, but also being on set, being a part of productions, being on The Sopranos led to me being on Boardwalk Empire. So work leads to work. And really, it's about inclusion of people with disabilities in positions in front of and behind the camera. And the roles uh, for actors don't have to be about their disability. For instance, I was on a freeform show called Alone Together. Really small role. I had a couple lines, and I was like a hot dog cart vendor. And it was just really cool that it had nothing to do with me being a little person. I did my transactions. I did like one little joke, and that was it. But I was included and it wasn't about my disability. So that's in some sense is what inclusion means to me. And I think the future of disability inclusion comes from network studios, production companies, independent producers, directors, filmmakers, including people with disabilities. And then ultimately you're gonna have a fully inclusive production and then you're gonna be more marketable to the disability community where 61 million Americans have some form of disability. We're always trying to get people either in the educational world or just in society to look at Liam as as Liam and that's not just Down syndrome. And and I remember being hit with the concept that you, you just talked about when I was introduced into the film challenge, thinking of roles in the past that I've seen on TV, I, I couldn't come across the idea of someone was in a wheelchair and, and wasn't just somebody. The wheelchair was was a thread and part of the character in that 
TV show? Why couldn't the person in the wheelchair just be the staples manager or the boss at a workplace, you know, and that isn't really how the industry is built and you're changing that. Well, I appreciate those nice words. And, you know, I think it's really, it's a collective movement and I'm honored that through the film challenge, we've been able to make a lot of headway, but there are so many disability activists that have been putting in the work for years and years. So I don't want to discredit their work and, and all the work that's being done. But I really feel the times are changing and that there are more uh, people with disabilities, wheelchair users in roles that don't have to do with their wheelchair. Uh, for instance, you know, Ali Stroker winning the Tony this year, you know, Peanut Butter Falcon, you know, you talk about a, a role for an actor with Down syndrome in a, in a starring role. That was also a, a pretty big leap forward, I think, in uh, disability inclusion. One thing I was just thinking about when Stephen was speaking is, you know, the truth of when you're part of the Disability Film Challenge, but it's not necessarily about disability, but it is about disability, even more so by not being about disability, to just say, this is how society should be. Uh, a good point of that is Liam has Down syndrome. That's usually, as Stephen was saying, how people will see Liam first. And I think that by having film start to normalize disabilities, as we are all equal, we, we all, you know, have different challenges, whatever they may be, but normalize them to highlight the ability, like, yeah, somebody in a wheelchair can be the manager. This person can be the, like, the love interest that doesn't have to be the disability as the focus, but more the human as the focus. And I believe that sometimes it takes seeing it first. And that's where film and television come in and play such an important role because then maybe where those blinders are up or those thought patterns are so ingrained into people's minds as far as prejudices and stereotypes that when they start seeing it, they can then be more able to accept it in their life and in the world. Well, I agree 100% uh, with what you just said. And it all goes back to the field of dreams for me. If you build it, they will come. You know, I think a lot of times you just have to put it out there. Um, for instance, me, going back to me as an actor, when I'm creating a role where I'm playing a gangster, then I have that out there in the world. People can see it and go, you know what? He could be a gangster. Why not? That's kind of fun. That's unique. That adds another layer if the gangster happens to be three foot ten. So I think a lot of times people in the industry, you know, this is not just disability. Uh, I think there's a huge diversity push, which luckily I feel like disability is finally being included in happening right now in the entertainment industry. But as a whole, there used to be a lot of the great roles were just for straight white guys. And the reason for that was studio executives and writers would write to what they knew, their experience. Now that net is being widened and it's being widened by the Me Too movement, the Black Lives Matter, uh, all these different movements to further disability inclusion. And I feel like disability was left out of a lot of these diversity discussions, but now we really are 
uh, included. And I feel like it's going to be more and more. And we're going to see more roles like that. And ultimately, going back to the Peanut Butter Falcon, you know, somebody's going to go, oh, yeah, you know, he could be uh, on an adventure. You know, he could be in like a Puck Finn kind of story with a crazy Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> you know, I think it's it's when you see it in the world, then it does normalize it. But the hardest thing is is getting those first eyeballs on an experience that that some executives and writers may not have. We know TV and film, I mean, particularly TV, has always been in the lead of social change. I mean, you see it through the years, and sometimes there's some... Norman Lear. Yeah, Norman Lear. We just saw the Norman Lear documentary, and, and we saw how incredible he was, or is, in... What was in, that Norman Lear documentary on? What is it on? It might be Netflix. It's really incredible. It's really good, you know, and it just shines a light on how he took it upon himself to change things and he did it through TV and that's what it takes people to see it now sometimes the entertainment industry gets flack for people call it a political stance when I don't think this is political I just think it's social change in the right direction but when a producer or TV executive takes a stand and shows it to America on their screens that's how change happens. Like you said, people need to see it. The, the Norman Lear documentary is called Just Another Version of You. It is on Netflix, Nick. It is, it's so incredible because, you know, of course, huge fans with our lives impacted by him, right? And such a, such a great icon and talent and game changer. And you watch it and it's just the, the humanization of it and there's accessibility to so many other things and, and why it's important for us to use our voices and also that we have a choice to use our voices to make a change. We, you know, uh, we all have experiences and right now we're talking about the Disability Film Challenge and, and you know, we take those experiences and we can be beaten down by them. We can let others on the outside dictate the road that we're going to take. We can and, it's, and nobody would blame us. I know there have been spurts of our, our journey with Liam where we have been beaten down <laughs> and you know you just you get the energy to stand back up and that is a choice it's not something that's given it's not something that even everybody can do but what it shows you is that yeah you make a choice and you know obviously Norman Lear was able to reach millions of people but you can make that choice in your every day just by the actions that you take and the words that you use and the ground that you stand on. If I want to pull it back to the Disability Film Challenge, I was so excited by this year because there were so many documentaries. And if you're listening to this, please look it up and please look at those documentaries. It was personal stories and they were all so beautiful. And it was just um, an example of all the stories that are out there. So I think a part of part of life is that feeling, especially right now, we're so isolated at home and feeling like you're alone or you're the only one. That that starts like when you're very young, you always feel like you're the only one going through this specific thing or whatever it might be. But having all those documentaries and all those beautiful stories 
I just loved how it, you just told so many stories and so many people had the opportunity to tell their stories, but also so many people had the opportunity to hear all of these different stories and be affected. No, well, thank you so much. And, and one of those amazing stories was your film. So, you know, I, I, I do feel that though, when you're able to tell your story from your point of view, you're ultimately going to share a true, authentic, personal take on it. For those listening, the Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge is typically a narrative short film competition. Uh, this is making a film and we give you the genre. You have to have somebody with a disability in front of or behind the camera. You make your film and then we have an awareness competition, which you know tries to get as many likes, views, and shares for the films. Uh, the Sox family are usually ringers every year, and <laughs> you guys are killing it every year and thousands and thousands of views for your films. But ultimately, this year, we had to change the way we did things. Like so many other organizations, people, we had to cancel the normal film challenge, and we did a home edition, which was documentary short films. And as you said, so many of these films, we had a record-breaking amount of films, 87 films that were created. And these are people with disabilities that many times were the directors, producers, editors, um, subject matters. Uh, this was a family production, or it was so many different levels of inclusion uh, with the individual films. But the one theme among them all is the personal and the heart that was in these films and some of them were touching some of them were funny all of them are beautiful and if you go to our youtube channel and search easter seals disability film challenge you can see the playlist of all 87 films this year uh, i know you guys spent time watching the tiger king at the beginning of the quarantine you know which is eight hours <laughs> And this is the eight hours that I think is more well uh, spent. So please <laughs> check out these films. Right. And, you know, for the Disability Field Challenge, it is a yearly thing. We'll put a link to it in our show notes because it's something that anybody can join and anybody can make their film. And it's a great experience for many, many reasons. It has become a yearly weekend that we share as a family. We know at the end of the weekend... If everything goes right, we're going to get a five-minute short that we did that documents our family or a moment in time with our family that we can look back on. It also pushes us as artists to do things different. And in this case, with the home edition, it pushed us to build almost like a little sizzle reel for a larger project, a larger documentary. Keeping it to five minutes is something you need to do because it's a weekend thing, but there's so much that you can get out of making a short. Absolutely. And uh, you hit the nail on the head, too. This can be used for a larger project. And if you're listening and you're thinking, well, I really want to make a film, you know, feature film, and I want it to go to the movie theaters, or I want to sell a TV show. Generally, the way you do that is create smaller projects. And you do those on a reduced budget. And then you get more experience and you get more exposure because you could take that film and you put it on YouTube and you can take your film, which all the film challenge participants own their own films, and they'll submit them to film festivals. And you guys are screening at film festivals all the world. I see your film screening in Africa, Asia, South America. So that's just amazing. And I'll say one other thing. You, you did say that you have that family documentation every year. So in many senses, 
the film challenge has become a Sox family scrapbook. That's right. It totally has. And the want, which was two years ago, really uh, got some legs. We were able to take it. I, I put it in every free uh, film festival I could find. And then I also, you know, it was a few hundred, few hundred, several hundred dollars. But we, but you end up just putting it out there and keep putting it out there. And it was all over the world, right? Africa, we had a, a nice win in Milan. It was just neat to have people around the world see your work. And I, I think one thing that's also great is that a lot of our stories, like we started, we started off and our story was a little soft because we were trying to find like one thing, one thing to tell. And I believe it was one, the, what was so prominent in our life that year was that people always thought that Liam didn't know what was going on. And so we took that one sentence, I understand you, and we made that to our five minutes. And then, and then the, you know, the next year I think was about, you know, it's, it's always Liam's ability that's being questioned. And so we made that year was the, was supposed to be the mystery. And so we made it into that he was this brilliant artist and, you know, he had this whole other life, he had this whole other life and his sister was narrating about what she witnesses that people don't think he can do anything but here he she was finding all these secrets about who he was so it's been a chance for us to speak on maybe what was prevalent that whole year what's something that's always come up for us and also a lot of times in our life we can't talk about these challenges because one we spend our energy overcoming them and two we really believe that what you focus on in life is what expands and so instead of giving the negative all this energy we deal with it and we work against those challenges we work to overcome those challenges but we don't speak on it and there's there's a lot of things that we you know we just don't go and and talk about these things all the time that are challenging us and so the films give us a chance to actually speak speak about what we can't always speak about you know that's the power of storytelling to me to be able to share your story and have that touch somebody else that is thinking it but hasn't been able to express it and I think a lot of times you know giving a speech is great but sometimes you don't want to hear it in a lecture you want to you want to have a connection to it that's more from an entertainment perspective which I think is why it's so important to have disability inclusion. It all goes back to that. If you have Down syndrome or you're autistic or you're a wheelchair user or you're a little person, you want to see yourself represented. And I would say that I would think that family members that have uh, individuals uh, with disabilities also want to see those characters represented. And so I think the fact that you're able to do it and make these films are, are giving even an extra layer of authenticity because you're not only having these disabled actor in Liam in the film, but you're also creating it and creating it from your point of view and from something that's important to you and that's touching to you and that you know as a mom is also touching other moms and other people like you in other areas. And, and going back to something that Stephen said uh, a couple minutes ago, that, that you do these films and it's, it's something that you look forward to every year and to do it as a family. And it's something that you do and 
you make this film and you submit it to free film festivals, you know, we're not talking about you spending a significant amount of money. Uh, so in terms of the economics of it, this is an opportunity to Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge as it's all volunteer for you to use film professionals to get music donated to you that you can get rights to, uh, to use SAG after a talent without paying upfront fees. This is a time for you to make something and not talk about the lack of opportunities, but create something. And I got to be honest, when I'm going to some of these short film festivals and I'm seeing, you know, different filmmakers, some of them are talking about they're spending $100,000 on their short film. And yes, you can, but you guys have done amazing films on really no budget other than, you know, some, some cost to screen it or to submit it to some festivals. Um, so if you're thinking about doing this, and mind you, you don't need to make a film for the Easter Sales Disability Film Challenge, but it does give you an amazing incentive for you to make it and also finish it. Because as artists, that's the one thing we struggle with the most is actually completing a project. And also, you get the chance to say, how do you want to be represented? You get to represent yourself. You get to be strong, be powerful, be the hot dog vendor, not just be a disability. You you get to be you, human, and whole. And that's a gift to be able to choose how you're presented. And you actively can make a change. You can make a change that is a positive thing. And that's what we want in this world is keep putting positive energy and inclusion when we talk about disability. No matter where it starts, it's important. You know, one day it's just going to be inclusion. It's not even going to be a word because it's just going to be. And, and, we, and we find the places where we can plant it wherever we can. And this is a really great start. And this Easter Seals Disability Challenge, this disability challenge that you created for that sole purpose of creating your work and being seen. And it's, it's so much more than just a film festival. It's so much more than a film challenge because it affects things on just a deeper level. And we thank you. I thank you, you know, because really this is a collective effort. So it takes powerful storytellers and honestly people that have the passion to make change, not just by telling a story, but by sharing it. As I said earlier, you guys won the awareness competition. You've been finalists pretty much every year. Um, you know, you're unbelievable at sharing your film and I've had the honor of speaking at Liam's school, and I've seen the passion that you guys share uh, for that school and for inclusion. And I think that's what it takes. It takes passion, and it takes the ability to get your message out. It's not just making your film, but it's about sharing it. It's about submitting it, finding places to share it, finding uh, places to have it exhibited online. It's about... Uh, sharing it with other people and letting it, you know, the torch be passed. And I think that we do that as a community and as humanity, if we share our stories and if we're empathetic for other stories, that that's how we really make that change in the world. And thank you for being a part of, a part of our change because you've changed our lives, you've changed our perception and with, you know, you've given us strength um, and maybe you didn't know that, but by being able to tell our story, our legs get stronger and we can stand on a more solid ground and foundation. So we will always be thankful for you for that. 
Uh, well, right back at you. It's all love. All love in the community. Nick, we, we like to end the podcast episode with an if we knew then statement. Did you have one, uh, something you wish you knew then when it came to the Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge? I, I had no idea how big it would get, you know, and uh, how much of a part of my life, how much of my life that I spend focused on talking with Film Challenge participants, uh, sharing their films, getting job opportunities, being a part of this disability community. Um, honestly, I, I wasn't that much a part of it. Before, before the Film Challenge, I just went to little people conventions, um, you know, so... But I, but I don't know if I would do anything differently in terms of my disability uh, representation. Uh, I, f- I felt like I lived the path that I was supposed to be on in terms of my exposure to the disability community and in, in terms of the growth of the film challenge, how it started with a couple films and me and my wife showing up with sandwiches <laughs> to like workshops. And then it evolved into something way bigger with huge network studios and, um, you know, big Fortune 500 companies as sponsors. And, you know, but but I feel like it was it was the needed growth. It was the needed. And and because of that growth, the community is has really embraced it and been there along with me as it's grown. And so if I had known that that it could get as big as it, you know, is now. I, I still would have hoped that I would have put those same organic roots in the beginning of starting it and, and doing everything on my own and, and uh, you know, just, you know, going back to my field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. You know, I think, I think a lot of that was, it was an evolution. So I wouldn't change anything. Nick, what a pleasure it has been to have you on the podcast. Now, do you guys validate? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Well, this definitely has been uh, Love Fest, and thank you for doing it and and being so ready to just jump right in. Uh, It's always it's always such a joy to talk to you. And you know, as friends, we get to talk, and we've we've become friends over the years, and we get to talk in little spurts, you know, every year around the challenge. Uh, But it's been such a privilege to get to connect and get to talk. I know there's always bigger conversations and more conversations to be had that I always look forward to. Well, it's been an honor for me to get to talk to you guys. And also with that being said, an honor for me to get to know you uh, and to know your whole family. And I do, I consider you guys friends and, and really a part of the film challenge family. So thank you so much for having me for this amazing podcast and for everything you guys do. Please follow us on Twitter at If We Knew Then Pod, and you can drop us a line on our Facebook page at If We Knew Then Pod, or visit our website, If We Knew Then.com, to send us an email with questions and comments. And you can join our mailing list there and get alerts of future podcast episodes. All these links will be added to this episode's show notes. Thank you again, and we look forward to you joining us on the next episode of If We Knew Then. Come and talk.